Supreme Standards. Andrea Triano is a London-born vocalist who's worked with the likes of Bonobo and Flying Lotus on their huge track, Tea Leaf Dances. She's returning four years after her last album, Giants, with a new one called Life in Colour with themes of female empowerment and positivity, which is out this summer. Andrea, how's it going? Really good, thank you. Good. It's a gorgeous day outside. Isn't it just? Yeah. And I need to like give one more piece of appreciation for your amazing boiler suit. Thank here you. You're in a mint green Ghostbuster I, I suit. Am. <laughs> I am feeling very ghostbustery today. Yeah, it's, it's a, a strong vibe. look. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. Um, so we have uh, a new album to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of sort of really interesting themes around it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, I'd like to play our life swap game with you. Okay. So you get to keep your life exactly as it is. Yeah. But you get to pick three lifestyles to dip in and out of as you please. Okay. For a long or a short amount of time as you like. Uh-huh. So I would be like the rich founder of a successful board game. Uh Um, I'd be a psychotherapist, because I think that's just a fascinating job to have. Nice. And I'd be Jim Carrey. Great. Because I want to understand his method acting way of being. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, just helps me deal with the fact I haven't seen that documentary on Netflix yet. So I want to (laughs) just like dive straight in and kind of get it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I would dip in and out of those three and back into my own life as and when I like. So what would yours three be? Number one, I'd be Erica Badu. Oh, strong. I mean, she's just amazing. She's so (laughs) cool. She's insanely talented. And you, like, I, I follow her on Instagram, and there's always funny snaps of her kids like running riot and her smoking and just all her sh- crazy shoes and crystals. And, and I'm like, yes, that's super real. I, that's how I want to be when I'm however old she is. Uh, so I would definitely step into Erica Badu's life. Nice. I don't follow her on Instagram. I need to correct that. You should. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you All right. Should, definitely. Straight after this. Um, that's a good shout. What about your second one? Um, second one would be. Ooh. Um, it would probably be. I mean, does does this person have to be living? Oh, not at all. You can do it. Oh, you want. cool. I picked Jim Carrey because I'm fascinated by him. But you can be your own person yeah. and do whatever. I'm kind of fascinated by Einstein. I really got into physics a while ago, huh. um, and like relativity and black holes and things and I watched a documentary on Einstein and just got obsessed with him as a person you know he was so groundbreaking he changed the world he changed the world like the way in which we look at the universe and just to have just for one brain to do all that he did you know I just it's it's incomprehensible that's so to have that amount of intelligence um, and he's just a really interesting guy, you know. He had like loads of girlfriends and stuff. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Mate, um, didn't know Einstein was such a player. Yeah, totally. Big time, man. <laughs> On the physics scene, he was like pumping up <laughs> with the girls. Um, you know, he's just super interesting. So, yep, Einstein. He was sure. really musical as well. Have you read? Yeah, he um, was. Absolutely. I can't remember if it's called Jazz, The Jazz of Physics or The Physics of Jazz uh-huh. um, by Stefan Alexander. Um, who's a saxophonist and a physicist. And he kind of looks at connections between them, but he makes this point that Einstein was super musical. And apparently he used to sit down at the piano when he was trying to understand certain things about his physics research Mm. and like play a couple of chords or whatever and be like, I've got it. Yeah. Which is incredible. Totally. Like the connections between them. Um, That's really cool. I think, yeah, I think that's a really interesting shout. So what about your third one? I mean, I think one thing I really long for is to be an amazing cook. Hmm. A really, really amazing cook. So I'd probably want to be like Ottolenghi or someone like that. 
to be able to just like I'm just gonna rustle up this blue dark slash aubergine <laughs> type <laughs> type all of the fancy ingredients artichoke artichoke no I one mean, knows what to do with an nobody artichoke nobody knows but he knows so uh, I'd want to be able to language whenever I felt like having a delicious meal because mm. I love my food just be otolengi, you know, have have a little meal. What's your favourite dish? Oh, actually, right now, quite weirdly, I am like massively obsessed with cucumbers. I bosh through like two or three whole cucumbers a day. I've never <laughs> known someone to be that into cucumbers. Yeah, I kind of, I gave up sugar and like eating crazy carbs a while ago. And then I just found cucumbers really satisfying and I drink a lot of water. I'm just obsessed with like, always thirsty. Um, so right now, nothing does it more for me than a juicy cucumber. <laughs> what a good habit. I know, yeah. but I do look a bit weird. Like I've got one in my bag right now. <laughs> but I look super weird when I just like crack it open and I'm like chomping on a whole cucumber down the road. People are like, what is she doing? Good for you though. You know like, what I mean? We shouldn't have to fit into other people's expectations. Exactly. You do you. Exactly. It's like fine for someone to eat a packet of crisps, but when you're eating a whole cucumber, it's like... She's weird. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm embracing it. I'm living the cucumber life. Hence, if dressed all in green. May, uh, yes, I'm you're absolutely it. right. <laughs> if Mrs. Betts in year eight hadn't have used a cucumber mm. to do our sex ed lessons, <laughs> no. I might feel the same as you. But unfortunately, I have oh, a weird no. relationship with how I see cucumbers now. Yeah, so, okay, fair enough. got to leave it. <laughs> Man, um, so really, really good selections. Um, I first came across your music when you released that tune with Flying Lotus, mm -hmm. which was huge and a tune that we still hear a lot like god how many years has it been that was 2006 we wow. did that tune yeah that's crazy. crazy yeah yeah so i guess i was like right at the start of your career yeah so um let's let's just quickly talk about like how how you kind of stepped into music because mm -hmm. i have you know as i always like to do that i've read a few like interviews with you and stuff like that and mm -hmm. i've kind of seen how um your childhood, which was sometimes challenging, mm -hmm. um, has been a kind of a source of inspiration for you in a way, yeah, and yeah. and given you a, like perspectives and and um, a source to be creative from. So mm -hmm. I just wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about it and and how you kind of found your way into music. Yeah, I mean, I think I just always gravitate towards it from a super young age, you know. And I remember my grandma; um, she always used to watch, I don't know, like some church program on a Sunday, and the hymns used to really move me, re like the the harmonies and the emotion of the singing really used to mo move me, and I used to cry. My mum used to play still still drum, and she was an incredible player. And she used to take me along to rehearsals and I just would like bore my eyes out, but I don't ever remember it being like, it's too loud. It was just the feeling, like the, the emotional feeling that I would get. So I just, I loved it. I loved singing and just at any opportunity, I just like jump up on the table and be like making little plays and making up songs. And I started writing lyrics at like seven or eight and poems. So it just kind of, you know, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And then at the age of 14, we left London and moved to the West Midlands. Um, and it was incredibly isolating culturally. You know, my home life was really difficult until I kind of had to leave home when I was 17 or 18. Um, so yeah, I felt very much on my own. So music then at that point really became a bit of a, an oasis, a safe space for me. And I just spend my weekends, like just delving into all of this 90s R&B music, you know, boys to men and learning all the harmonies and um, 
and, and getting obsessed with that. So it was, uh, and it was just something that really uplifted me, you know, it's something that kind of took me out of where I was at. And I, uh, yeah, there's no one in my, my family that's pursued music as a, as a career. And I just really felt like, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I can do this. Everything around me was saying like, no, you should get a proper job. You should go and work in IT. And that's just never been me, you know? So um, I just, yeah, just kept on and somehow found my way here. Wicked. <laughs> and I guess, you know, when you're so set on a certain path, it's, it's, it's even though other options might feel more sensible, yeah. it's so hard to imagine those paths oh. for you because you're so streamlined yeah. on I, what you want. Absolutely. And I always, you know, like during the years when I was kind of, I'd graduated and I was doing really bad, like temp jobs just to survive. I always said to myself, like, you know, plan B is to work harder at plan A, which is music. Hmm. There was never a, oh, if I don't, you know, if it doesn't go well, then I'm going to do this. It was never a, that never even entered my mind. It was like, this is what I'm going to do. I just have to stick in there until it keeps going. And, you know, at the times when I did lose faith, my mum was amazing. And she was like, come on, Andrea, you can do it. I just want to pull out that influential quote. It's rolling in my head. <laughs> plan B is to work harder yeah, than your plan A. Yeah, totally. What a great motto. Yeah, to go and by. I think I think I think that's so important. You know, because when you want to pursue something creative as your job, you know, the talent is is one part of it, but the actual willing to get up and graft and do the work and to be insanely poor and to not have doors open for you and for the disappointment and to live off ten pounds a week, it's like. That is the, if you can actually withstand that storm, I think that's the thing that decides sometimes whether you get through the door or not. But I mean, I guess that's how it's been for me anyway. Right. Um, yeah, it's just having to having to do the graft. Totally. So I guess in stark contrast, your new album called Life in Colour mm. is such a, a, a you know, a, it's a very sensory title mm -hmm. it's very celebratory it's very positive yeah. like what's the story behind the title yeah I think um you know I think my three albums have been at very different points in my life first album was just all the stuff I tell I told you about you know that kind of coming out of that difficult family situation and just putting everything I could into this album and not knowing what's going to happen and you know and somehow it kind of came out and and yeah, it did great things. And then the second album, I was kind of like a bit shaky and a bit like, oh my goodness. So now it's out on the, you know, now I know that I can kind of do my thing and, but what do I do next? So this third album, I feel I feel like it's sort of stepping into womanhood and, and owning it and feeling okay, finally, with myself. You know, I felt for me, there's been such a, um, it's been a great thing of like coming into my thirties and just a place of like peace and just, not as much anxiety and insecurity and all of that stuff. I mean, I still get it, don't get me wrong, but not to the same degree. I feel like I've kind of kind of got control of my life to a certain extent and, and, and I'm steering it, it's not steering me. Cool. So I think the music just reflects that, you know, and I've sort of said, I just, um, with this album, I just wanted to keep it really simple. I just wanna share, share what I'm feeling and uplift people, because that's how I feel, you know. I feel like my life is like, it's taken a turn for the better, definitely, it's on the up. And um, yeah, people are struggling out there. So music, as I know, is the one thing that can uplift you, so I'm just trying to do that. <laughs> 
Awesome. And I know there's like themes of female empowerment because we mm -hmm. um, chatted for the Lauren Hill episode yes. of this podcast <laughs> yeah, and we yeah, touched yeah. on it like so briefly and I'd love the chance to kind of go into that with mm -hmm. you a little bit more. And I listened to the record, got mm -hmm. a, like a, a sneaky peek. Um, it's so reminded me, I mean, it's it's great and it's what I'm about to say, I'm just going to point out on its own merit. I love it. But it also reminded me of the empowerment of a Beyonce record. Like mm -hmm. it was... Um, even like the tempo of it kind of like just yeah, yeah. gave me a reminiscing sort of feeling but amazing all, all the way through, yeah <laughs> totally i mean i was just like there's such there was such uh strength to life in color and mm -hmm. um and support within it and it felt like not a comforting record because it's not like a you know a warm hug of a record it's mm. very much like lifting you on a pedestal it's an empowering record yeah. so tell me a little bit about about your journey to mm. so the, you know the lyrics that you wrote and the themes that come up yeah I mean I think the, the the key track on the album for me is woman you know and I had to rewrite that with an amazing lady called Dee Adam who's an incredible songwriter and uh, producer so we rewrote that I don't even know how many times I lost count and I just you know I just kept going and going like and I always have to keep going until it clicks and then I know that it's sitting in the right space. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm writing these songs like coming from a place of feeling like a victim, you know, feeling like the world is just beating me down. Because I feel like that was my last album and I did feel like that at certain points for sure. But this time I was like, I'm not feeling like that. That's why this song just isn't clicking. And so we kind of came on the whole woman thing and we talked about, in the first verse talks about my teen years, you know, the difficulties that I've had. And the second one is just like, here I am now and, and I'm stronger and I'm happier. And um, and yeah, and I think that was that was a real key. That was a real kind of defining point of like this is the point of the album it's supposed to be empowering it's supposed to make people feel well hopefully <laughs> hopefully make them feel good i felt great yay yeah. <laughs> in may at the end of the month we're heading to five miles which has an incredible sound system and there we've got kayla painter and jeune ways and that band includes luke abbott as well really amazing electronic music so get your tickets now before they sell out on supremestandards.com um, I think that in today's society, it's so much more common for a girl to, ha you know, be like, oh, I feel bad about myself. I feel bad about my butt. I feel, and it's not a physical thing. It's like a very emotional thing. But, you know, the, the, the moment a woman will stand up and be like, I feel really good about myself. I feel really good about my body. I feel really good about who I am. You know, then it's, it's not as accepted. It's just like, oh, it's arrogance or, and it's, it's so not. I think that's so incredible. You know, I've had some amazing female friends and do have amazing female friends and we all share and we all try and uplift each other and it's so wonderful to me to see women thriving and feeling good about themselves and sharing that and uplifting each other um, and that's that's what I'm all about I'm with you yes yeah. um, so you uh, mentioned that you moved to the seaside yes, recently I did yeah uh, so you're kind of like between London and the seaside has that like had any impact on your music yeah, definitely definitely I mean it was a big life change it was such a shock we moved and I was like, where are we? <laughs> I'm not going to survive here. What steered the decision to get out of London for a bit? Um, we just couldn't pay rent and buy buy a flat. You I know, know We right. were like, yeah, well, well, we could, but we'd be living in a shoebox somewhere. So, uh, yeah, so we left. We packed up our stuff and we bought a beautiful flat by the seaside, which I'm super grateful for. 
Um, and it has really changed me. It's, it's made me kind of reassess success and define it on my own terms. Um, and it's given me a lot of space. You know, one thing I love about London is the stimulation, but that's also for me a difficult thing because you don't have the, the chance to actually sit still and be like, how am I feeling? What is it that I need? What is it that I need to do? You know, who, all of those things. And when you get to the seaside and you don't know anybody and you have time and you have space, the most terrifying thing is you're left with yourself. Mm. You're left with your own thoughts, your own fears, all those things you've been batting off. Like you have to sit your ass down <laughs> and deal with it. So that's what I had to do. And I had a really, really tough year, year and a half. Um, of like but, just kind of getting used to the the transition. Yeah, of getting used to it. Of uh, it's like detoxing from that London life, you know, that the ego state sometimes, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and now it's just um, incredible. We've got a gorgeous little music studio around the corner, and I'm just practicing every day. I've started painting, DJing, nice. playing the bass. So just really, you know, like meditation, a lot, a lot of yoga. I never. I never ever did that like a year and a half ago, two years ago. You just listed like a whole load of really interesting <laughs> stuff that you're doing right now. That's so cool. So you started playing yeah, the bass. I started playing the bass. Yes. Yeah, I just was like, it's electric just... or double? Electric. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'll be up for like lugging around a double bass. Oh man, all the I chiropractor s- appointments from that. Totally. <laughs> I saw a woman actually on the tube with it, like wheeling. I was like, wow, she is so amazing respect i just totally couldn't do that it's a big commitment (laughs) isn't it it is exactly yeah exactly um yeah so i just think i just decided like i'd love to learn so i'm just trying to teach myself and play live when i'm feeling brave enough wicked which is really cool yeah man and the djing as well like i saw that you've been doing a little bit of that yeah is it it's a kind of a way to um i don't know like yeah i always get interested when musicians start going into djing because it's like Mm -hmm. you get to you get to play in a different way. Yeah. Like, what attracted you to it? I love to party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love a good party. I'm telling you, if there's good music, I can dance till like seven in the morning. Nice. <laughs> um, Are you I, a trainers or a heels kind of dancer? Oh, it depends. I mean, probably put the trainers in the bag. Yeah. You know, start the night off in the heels. Then there comes a point where it's like, yeah, these bad boys have just got to come off. <laughs> and the ecstasy when you put the trainers on I and go flapping after all that. It's like, oh, I know. So you're like, yes. Joyous. We're so happy. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love it. And I just, I really want to keep challenging myself, you know? So I think it's a new way for me to kind of get out there, have some fun and just learn and share mm. and have a good time. You Absolutely. know? Winning. Winning. And the painting as well. Like, I guess by the seaside it's it's a little bit more spacious yeah to be diving into that kind of thing absolutely so that's really cool are you sort of doing things from your mind or like from what you can see is it like you don't still life stuff or are you kind of yeah. being a bit abstract or it's very abstract it's kind of i think it's i mean looking at it now it's quite therapeutic like i've, I've never been good at art i can't i can't draw i wish i knew how to draw mm-hmm. um yeah, but I love kind of like collages and things that you can kind of make with your hands. Um, and a while ago, when was it, December, my granddad passed away. And so since then I really felt the urge to like paint. And I think it's a thing that really kind of helps me like when I can't, when I need to like process or sit with these feelings, I just kind of get out a canvas and just paint. And it's it's awesome, it's an uplifting thing, you right. know? And at the end, I've got a really weird painting that my boyfriend's like, hmm 
Good that you did your thing there, but let's just put, let's just put, <laughs> let's just put that one under the bed. This one's not going on the wall yet. Exactly. Bless. Exactly. We always start somewhere. I'm in a similar position as well. I've just started painting, oh, and I'm brilliant. like very abstract and like yeah. kind of uh, yeah. It's it's good for helping you to just process things yeah. in the back of your mind. You don't realize you're thinking about, and then you're doing these strokes. And you're like. Oh yeah, I'm think I'm finding myself thinking about this for the last exactly. ten minutes. Exactly, or just being it's like funny. really in the moment, you know. Mm. And I love just kind of doing something creative that's got no pressure or expected outcome. It's just, yeah. you know, and put some good music on. I'm discovering so much amazing music oh, from sick. what Are I you listen to. to? I discovered a band called, is it Coco Roco or Coco Roco? Oh Roco, man, Co- yeah. Co- how do I say it? Co- I think it's Coco Roco. Coco Roco. Yeah. Coco Roco. Do you know what? People say it in all kinds of different ways, but I I know exactly who you're talking about. I am a massive fan of them. And I just hope to- that totally came through listening to random stuff while painting. Mm. And then I ended up putting them in my DJ set and finding other things. So it's all kind of all the creativity is like feeding into each other, I guess, you know. Wicked. Which is really cool. Yeah, that EP is absolutely stunning. I mean, that right. Abusey Junction, like that's that's mm. bit gone crazy on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember how many hits it is, but I'm sure it's something like, actually, yeah, look it up. Um, it, like anyone listening, just look it up because it's, it's nuts and it's such like a breakout tune yeah, for, for the London like jazz element. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, great choice, man. Um, I wanted to ask you, because right now at time of recording, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. Mm. And I thought that's a really good opportunity to kind of touch on these subjects. I think that every artist who records, performs, DJs, like mm. we all have, um, a piece of advice or something that we've picked up about mm-hmm. how to keep positive mental health because as a musician you know you're you're putting yourself out there and being yeah. vulnerable and giving all of you on stage mm. and um and yeah it's it's a vulnerable position yeah. so i wondered kind of what things you've picked up along the way that have given you strength or that you've passed yeah. on to your peers mm. for to keep, you know keeping good mental yeah. health well i have so many kind of uh little tricks and things that I never used to have, that never used to be into place, you know, I never, that were never in place really. I think I just feel down sometimes or whatever, or have anxiety or struggle with childhood trauma or whatever it was, and just accept that that's the way that it is. This is the way that I am. But I, you know, the the key thing for me was like really getting therapy. That was life changing for me. Mm. That was like, a whole new world breaking open and really enabling me to kind of enable myself to empower myself to feel good about myself and when I don't knowing what I can do so um yeah and I'm all about self-love so things like meditation positive affirmation I have those I write stuff on post-it notes like I love myself I feel good about myself um do the work I have those you know and I see that every every morning um, and another really important thing that I think is so overlooked is just to be kind to yourself. You know, you're way kinder to other people than you are mm-hmm. to yourself, you know. And us creative people, like, we're not robots. If there are times or periods where it's not flowing, it's not happening, it's okay. It is okay. Self-compassion is so important to practice. So, yeah, yeah, so important. And, and I'm also, um, yeah, just real with myself. Like, the other day, I just woke up, I was like... It is just not happening today. And I think I stayed <laughs> in bed till like four in the afternoon, which is totally unlike me. Wow. But I just felt so much better for it. I was like, that's what I needed today. 
Yeah, to, to listen to what you're craving, even yeah, if it doesn't exactly. go with what your schedule tells you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And Sometimes to, you just can't turn up for it. You have to be that's it. what you need. Yeah. That's it. What great advice. And Thanks. so practical as well. <laughs> and I think it's a really good shift that we're seeing that people are starting to talk about therapy yeah. as well. Because, yeah. you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, it's very much like a uh, loving therapy. Like, exactly. you know, it's something that we didn't really share. But... um we all have mental health yeah. in the way that we have physical health yeah. so it's yeah i really sort of um celebrate what you said i think it's mm. so important um so let's kind of end by talking a little bit more about the album which mm-hmm. is coming out when it's coming out on the 24th of may which is next friday oh my gosh <laughs> okay yeah. so when this drops i think it could it could out it wow. could be out so that's exciting ah. um so <laughs> we've you know we've talked about a few themes on there but it feels like a record that you are really proud of like you mm-hmm. beam when you talk about this album yeah. like what's some of your proudest moments of putting this together um i think writing woman that has been a really special one you know and when we finished it and cracked it and written it we were me and d were literally like crying with happiness in the studio and like dancing around it just felt so good and I had so much fun making this record. I really, really did. There was a lot of dancing, <laughs> definitely. There was a lot of laughter. Um, and I think more than anything, I'm just proud that I have dedicated myself to doing a body of work and doing the best that I could at the time. Um, you know, when I look back now, I think as anyone who's put out albums will say, like, I would change half of it and be like, I'd do this, this, this. But I really look forward to kind of what's to come next. You know, it's all a stepping stone to the next thing. Great. And hopefully I've just put something out there that can help somebody make them feel good. Brilliant. I absolutely loved it. As soon as I finished listening to it, I just played it again. And just, it's so catchy. And there's so many tunes on there where I'm just like, I know this hook. I know that hook after hearing it like once. Um, So yeah, big ups on the great records. Thank Um, Thank you so much. Pleasure. If you've enjoyed the show and you've gotten this far, then please leave us a little comment, rate the show, subscribe, and share it with your friends as well. We'll catch you in the next episode.